0: a lot going on this morning haven't we there's a lot to think about there's a lot that God's already doing amongst us and I wanted to um, give us just some kind of thoughts and reflections on where we are as a church family kind of in this season to be honest it's, this is quite an interesting talk because oftentimes you know if I'm preparing to talk on a Sunday I'm very um, clear with a structure on where we're going and this morning, it just feels a bit more like God has some stuff to say to us, and it's going to evolve a bit. So would you just be kind enough to bear with me? And perhaps where we start, perhaps I should pray. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the privilege of worshipping you this morning together. Thank you for community here. And thank you that we're your people and you speak to us. And so today, please would you show us what it is that you want to say to us as individuals and to us as a family as we just push into um, the journey that you have us on. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So if you've been around in the last weeks, you will know that God is—he has us on a bit of a journey. Um, He's given us a verse which is about consecrating ourselves. Consecrate yourselves, it says in Joshua 3 verse 5, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. And as leaders it was very clear that God was saying this to us but what we actually do about it is a bit of a like dancing with an octopus you know it'd be very easy to kind of think of a three-point plan in fact I actually googled this week what does it mean consecrate yourself and you can get a 10-point plan on Google about how to consecrate yourself I thought oh maybe that's what I'm supposed to talk about this week but I don't think that was what was what God was saying to us I feel like at the moment God has us on this journey as a family and part of the mystery of what he's doing and part of the joy of what he's doing is he actually wants us to wrestle with him for a bit. There are times when we preach through the book of Romans or whatever and it's crystal clear what the next step is. And there are times on our journey when God is just saying just hang on to me and just follow where I lead you. And it kind of feels that now is one of those times for us as a church family. If you've been with us over the past couple of years, you will know that one of the important things for us has been thinking about and chewing on and pushing into the word more. We've been saying to God, God, we want more of you. We've been praying about that. We've been kind of thinking about that and talking about that. What does it mean to have more of God? And you know, over this time, I really do believe that we have seen more of him at work. We have sensed more of his presence as we gather to worship. We have seen more people who need his resources and who are coming to our storehouse as we opened up the doors there. People are increasingly are coming who have need and we have things that we can offer. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I think I told you, we had somebody who was spontaneously healed here. So nobody prayed for them. They had a terrible back pain had for a long period of time. And as they were here, um, they didn't have the opportunity to come to be prayed for by anyone particular, but they just suddenly felt a heat in their back, and the pain that they'd felt went. And I spoke to this lady a couple of weeks after, and the pain was still gone. And that, for me, is just a sense that God is here and God is at work. And so we are seeing more of what he wants to do amongst us. And so it seemed to me, initially, it was a bit weird that he would then say, okay, guys, consecrate yourselves. I thought, is that a bit of a change of direction? I just had a bit of a brainwave this week. I thought, of course it's not. God is saying to us, look, you want more of me, and so what I'm saying to you is I want more of you. And really, that's what consecrating is about. It's a funny word, isn't it? It's kind of a religious word. In the the NIV, in that verse I shared with you, Joshua 3, verse 5, it says, consecrate yourself. In another translation, it says, sanctify yourself. In another translation, it says, purify yourself. And the wonderful thing is, there is the end of the the verse, which says, because tomorrow God is going to do amazing things. God is going to do miracle wonders, one translation says. God will do great wonders amongst you. But we're not at the great wonders stage yet. What we're at is we're at the bit that we can do, which is consecrating ourselves. So I kind of looked up and Googled and, and tried to work out, well, what does it mean for us to consecrate ourselves? And to consecrate ourselves means to dedicate ourselves to a sacred purpose. You know, as Sam was leading us in worship today, he was talking about us putting Jesus first. Consecrating ourselves is saying that we want to devote ourselves exclusively to him. He's our main man, if you like. We want to give ourselves entirely to him. We want to be devoted to his service or set apart and called holy. I don't know about you, but as I think about those things, it's very easy to think that sounds a bit um, a bit full on. That sounds a bit religious. What if I was those things then, you know, declared as holy, then would my friends just think I was a bit holier than, than them? You know that whole holier than thou attitude? Well, I've got to be different to you, I've got to do this, and you're like that, and I'm just I'm better than you. And actually, I don't think that's what God is saying at all. God is saying, who's got your first attention at the moment? And you know, the interesting thing, as I've heard what's been shared and how we've been led this morning, is that I felt today that um, there's a bit of a message for two different types of people. And it might be that you're here today and you aren't a follower of Jesus yet. You're here because you're looking, you're here because you are exploring, you're here asking some questions. And if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, then today there is the most amazing invitation for you. Because we were called to be in relationship with God. That's how he made us. That's how he created us. But the Bible says, and we know it's true, don't we? We all do stuff that's wrong. We all do stuff that gets in the way. The Bible calls that sin. In fact, there's a verse in Romans. It says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all do stuff that we know is wrong. And that is stuff that gets in the way between us and God. And God hates that because God loves us. He wants us to be really closely connected with him. And we as people couldn't do stuff to get that right and to sort that out. And so God came up with a solution. And he sent Jesus who lived a perfect life. And he came and lived a perfect life on earth. And he died a terrible death on a cross. Which took the blame and took the penalty for the stuff that we do wrong. And as a result, we can be forgiven, we can be washed clean, we can have a new start and a new life. And that's what it is to become a Christian, to give your life to Jesus, to give him your yes. It's basically saying, I want you to take the rubbish of my life and I want an exchange, please. I want your right and good and holy life, I want to live that way instead. And I want you to be in me and with me to help me do that. And so today, if you don't know Jesus yet, that's the invitation for you. It's worth thinking about And it might be that today You choose to take up that invitation And if you do Then maybe the person you've come with Or maybe you'd like to come and chat with me Or Nigel afterwards And we'd love to help you Take a step towards Jesus And do that But actually the other part Of what I wanted to talk about Was to us as a church family Because lots of us Have already made that decision Haven't we? Lots of us already said yes to Jesus. We've had that moment where we've recognized that we have done stuff that's wrong, that we've messed up, that we stuff has got in the way. And we've said sorry, and we've said thank you so much, gratefully, for the fact that he's given us a new beginning and a new start. And I think it's to us that this message is coming about consecrating ourselves. Because even though we have a new beginning, there is still stuff that gets in the way, isn't there? There's still stuff that comes between us and God. And it can be very easy just to carry on living and carry on getting on, getting on, even though we know in the background that there's stuff that's in the way. And I think Jesus says to us, I want you to be holy. I want you to be different. And I was trying to think about a picture of this, and I was just imagining, you know, when the kids go out to the park they out to the park yesterday. They come back caked in mud and their boots are really muddy and they're wet because it's been raining. And I come to the front door and ring the bell. And I go to the door and go, Hey, great, you are really welcome. But you can't come in like that. So, what we tend to do is we get them in and they strip off and then run up out and have a shower. And then they can be kind of in the house and warm and dry and have hot chocolate and whatever it is. And I suppose it's a very poor picture, but it's a similar thing. God really wants to welcome us in closer. God really wants to sit and have hot chocolate with us who are his family. And yet sometimes we come to him and our boots are muddy and our coats are wet. And he just says, look, leave that stuff behind. That's going to get in the way between you and me. And actually what I want is I just want to hold you close. So the motivation is not that he's like some kind of cross headmaster going, this is wrong in your life, sort that out. You're not matching up. His motivation is love because he really, really wants us to be close. He really, really wants to pour out all his goodness and his kindness and his blessing and his favor on us. So consecrating ourselves really is saying, in this season I think, it's saying, am I completely and wholly surrendered to God? Are there areas in my life where I've actually keeping stuff back for myself or I'm holding on to things it might be some kind of attitude that you've got. It might be a behavior, a thing that you're doing. But is there something that is just getting in the way? I've asked Claire to come and read to us from the Bible. It's um, Psalm 139, which many of you will know. And it's a longish one. But I just felt that God wanted to remind us of this. And so if you've got a Bible with you, you've got it on your phone, you can look up. She's reading from the New Living Translation. Or it might be that you just want to listen and hear what there is to say.
1: Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me even before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh, God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life.
0: Thanks, Claire. Once I pondered on that psalm, what really struck me was how well God knows us. He made us, of course he knows us. He knows us and he loves us. And the thing is, he knows about the stuff that we do wrong and the stuff that we've got that's not okay. He knows about it or it's not a surprise to him. It's not like we can hide it from him. And yet he loves us. So the invitation as we think about consecrating ourselves is for us just to be honest and real, I think, and to say, God, this is who I am. You know who I am. But actually, I want to be wholly yours. I was quite struck by those verses at the end, verses 23 and 24. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And last week at the evening service, we had some time to kind of reflect and ponder on some of these verses. And I was chewing on that one, and I was, I was reading it. Point out anything in me that offends you, God, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when we come to... Um, to worship or people say, you know, anything between you, you and God. I've got this little list that I can go through. And I was like, oh God, so I'm really sorry that um, I was grumpy with Nigel and I'm sorry I was cross with the kids. And I started this little list and I felt like the, the Lord spoke to me and said, do you want to know what really offends me? And I was like, oh God, <laughs> uh, I think so. But it's a question really worth asking. It reminded me of a story that I heard John Wimbers tell one time. He was the guy who started the vineyard movement and someone came to his church and they smoked a lot, they were a smoker and we know it's not very healthy to smoke, it's not really good for your lungs but at that time it's called great offence to some people in the church and they saw this guy come in and they said, don't you think you should go and tell, you're the pastor, don't you think you should go and tell him that you should stop smoking and John apparently paused and he said, I don't think so at the moment because actually I think that God is dealing with pride in his heart. And God, in his kindness, doesn't blast us with everything all at once, does he? God deals with different things as we are ready to respond and in his priority list. And so there I was saying sorry for being grumpy at Nigel and for shouting at the kids, which wasn't a right thing to do anyway, and it's good to say sorry. But actually, God had his finger on something else for me. And he said, you know what really offends me, Joe? I was like, okay. And he said, it really offends me when you act as though I am not who I am and you are not who you are. I thought, wow, that sounds a bit, bit of a tongue twister. But what he was really saying was, it's very easy, Joe, for you to say, yes, God, I know that you're in charge. I know that you, have, you hold on to me. I know that you'll provide for me. I know that your show is the way. But when the rubber hits the road, do you really, really believe that? Or actually, do you live in a different way? And what offends me is when you say one thing and you do another. And the other thing that offends me whilst we're at it is when you <laughs> thanks, is when you say, yeah, I'm a child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. We sing that amazing song, don't we? You know, I'm not going to be held back by those things. I'm a child of God. And yet you don't live like it. And that for me was a real challenge. You know, yesterday a team of us went over to Bognor Vineyard Church. Um, they were hosting a a Words of Life conference like we had here earlier in the year where we're just learning about how to listen to God and to share that with other people. And um, Mark Hiles was leading it, and he asked me if I would be one of the team who stood at the front to give prophetic words to people. And halfway through the week, I realized what I'd said yes to do, and I was absolutely terrified. Honestly, I was really scared because I just thought, well, what if I get up there and... I don't get anything. What if I say something that was really stupid? What if I hurt somebody's feelings? What those there's different things? And yet, fortunately, because I knew I was talking about this today, I thought, no, actually, God has said that I need to live as if I really am who he says I am. And so if I believe that God speaks today and that he loves the people in front of me enough that he's got something to say to them, then I just need to stand up and have the chance to do that. so that's what we did yesterday and you know we had this hilarious experience i find it very funny because i stood there on quaking in my boots thinking god what on earth are you going to give me and he gave me these couple of of things to share with people and i don't know if you have ever had this experience but when you say something you feel like god is saying to you and the person kind of looks back at you as if that makes absolutely no sense to me at all and i sat there "Oh," and there were these other ladies who were there who were sharing these words and people were crying and it was just like i was just like oh man and then afterwards, I just went and chatted to a couple of the people, and there was one lady in particular um, who was like, yeah, that really meant a lot to me. And I was like, oh, it would be great if you could have shown your face. you know. But, <laughs> but the point isn't that I feel good about it, is it? The point is that I try to be obedient to what it is that God is asking me to do. And I wonder if in consecration, one of the things is, when we say, God, will you consecrate us? God, will you No, sorry. God doesn't consecrate us. God, will you accept me and help me to be fully yours? That's what we're really saying. Sometimes He might just remind you of things He's already asked you to do. That's what He's done with me. As I've been thinking about these verses, sometimes I think I look for the new and the exciting and the "Joe, go to Africa" or "Joe, do this and Joe, do that." And actually, He just whispers again the thing that He's asked me to do before. So for me, one of the things that I feel like God has asked me to do is to get to know somebody in our community. And to be really honest, I am afraid of this person. I find them a bit um, intimidating. And yet I know that God has asked me to get to know this person. And so last week, when we were thinking about consecration, I just came forward at the end and I said to one of my friends, I wonder if you'll pray for me, please. Because God has asked me to do this. And I am just afraid. I can't do it on my own. And so my friend prayed for me. And she did. It was fascinating. As she prayed, she said it, what I wanted to say in a just a different way. And I suddenly thought, wow, my perspective on this situation has really changed. And so this week, I had the opportunity to connect with this person. And you know, it went okay. They didn't bite my head off. They didn't say anything weird. You know, it was okay. And so I'm a step closer to doing what Jesus has asked me to do. So my encouragement, I suppose, is to say are there any areas in our lives that God is saying, please would you put me first in this? Are there things that we're doing? Are there attitudes that we've got? Are there ways that we're behaving? Not the ones that you think of or the ones that I think of but the ones that the Holy Spirit puts his finger on. The things that won't go away that keep coming back. If there are those things And it'd be really good if we actually just responded and and did what he asked us to do, wouldn't it? And sometimes we can't do that on our own. Sometimes we need our friends to help us. And sometimes we need to look at what it is that's stopping us. And I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of the time, it's fear. Fear is the enemy's main weapon for me. God says, do this, and then I get all the, but what if? What if I've heard it wrong? What if people think I'm nuts? What if, what if, what if? What if it all goes wrong? And Bear Grylls says that amazing thing, doesn't he? He says, feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, fear can be a good thing. If it's a busy road and you're going to run across it, you feel, no, I can't do that, and that's a good thing because it stops you doing the crazy thing. But sometimes fear can just be a lie that is stopping us stepping into what God has for us. And if that's where you're at today, I just really encourage you to sit there, to feel the fear, the what if and to do it anyway and it might be that you need your friend to come and pray for you it might be that you need somebody to help you that's what church is about it's about us trying to hear what God is saying and to respond so what I'd love us to do I'd love us just to spend a moment and we're going to look at that verse again Holy Spirit would you point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life And I encourage you, if you mean it, we can ask him that. If you don't, don't don't feel you have to. But dear Holy Spirit, we're your people. We're called by your name. We want to follow you. So please would you show us in our individual lives, is there anything that offends you? Is there anything that you want us to sort out? I'm just going to sit quietly and see what he brings to mind. in showing us this stuff it's not because he's cross it's because he loves us and I'm going to suggest that we can respond in some different ways we've got communion this morning and it might be that you just want to come and say sorry using bread and wine at the cross Jesus gave everything for us and as we take communion we kind of take that on board and it's a way of us saying we're all in we want to give everything back to you so that might be a way that you want to respond. It might be that you just really want to sit quietly and reflect on what it is that God is saying to you. And I'm going to invite the band to come and just play quietly as we do that. But it might be that God's highlighted something to you and you just think, I know what God's saying and I'm just terrified or there's this thing in the way that's stopping me doing that. And if that's you, then I encourage you to carry that on your own. Why don't you ask somebody to pray with you? Get alongside somebody, someone in your life group or someone you're sitting close by. Or if you'd like to, you're welcome to come to the front. And let's help one another to step forward into what it is that God...